T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Here we go with the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Happy Friday! I am Dan Day, and I'm not a very good singer, so I'm going to stop doing that. You can always follow me on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio, and follow me through this journey of the best of the best of the Joe. We've got the Joe Rose Show talking with Coach Q after the not-so-beautiful loss last night to Las Vegas. The Panthers are going to look to rebound soon. We'll get into that. Once again, going to hear from the Joe Rose Show talking basketball with Brian Geltzeiler in the Dan Lebetard Show talking steak. Mm, I could go for a good steak. Plus, got a little Hawkman highlights and crowd or crowd pleasers for you later on. But right now, headlines. The Heat play in Sacramento tonight at 10. Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero are not expected to play. The Panthers were blasted by Las Vegas last night 7-2. They look to rebound tomorrow against the Penguins at home. The Dolphins are expected to cut veterans in order to clear salary cap space. All-star captains LeBron and Giannis have drafted their starting lineups. No surprise, LeBron took Anthony Davis first. The All-Star game is next Sunday in Chicago. The Canes basketball team take on Florida State tomorrow at noon in Tallahassee. The Hurricanes football team is reportedly interested in Michigan transfer portal wideout Tariq Black. Miami has already landed grad transfer quarterback Derek King from Houston. The Marlins will hold their fan fest tomorrow at Marlins Park from 3 to 7. Fans will be able to meet players and coaches, plus take part in fun baseball activities. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. <sighs> An Australian man was recently pulled over for not using a hands-free device while riding a horse. He pled guilty to using a handheld phone while on horseback. He'll probably be sentenced to life in prison. Nearly 4,000 of the world's most exclusive whiskeys were auctioned off, with the top bottle going for $1.9 million. Man, I really need to get my drinking under control. A South African burger joint has broken the record for the most varieties of milkshakes, with 207 options. Ooh, somebody's going to lose their foot. A man's dead body was found in a woman's restroom wall in a Canadian mall earlier this week. We all know what he was doing in there. And when he died, I have to say this, he was taking it to a whole new level. Now on the weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast, cloudy with temperatures in the mid-70s. For the best poker tournaments in South Florida, visit Hylia Park Poker Room. Visit HyliaPark.com for our poker tournament schedule. Plus, join us for our $75,000 guarantee March 7th through 13th. Why play anywhere else? Visit HyliaPark.com for details. We're giving you a double shot of Joe. But first, this is the Joe Rose Show talking to Panthers coach, Coach Quinville. Talking about last night's game against Las Vegas. Eh, doing the little things and a little bit of a player assessment. Hey, Coach, thanks for coming on. I always think of this, Coach. I mean, my God, I'm watching it last. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm watching it going, the last thing he wants to do now is get up in the friggin' morning early and and talk to us, talk to the clowns in the morning. Were you thinking that kind of, Coach? Be honest, a little bit going, can we do this another friggin' time? Did you do that with the PR person? 
no, I never said that. No, not at all. It was like, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting here. I'm thinking I'm watching the game again here. And we're thinking about uh, what we're we going to talk about with the team here after yeah. uh, that third period there because I thought we're, we're going along here at a pretty good uh, pace here. We're going to have a good first period. And, you know, we're right there in the second, and then right. we had, uh, you know, I think the last uh, you know, 15 minutes or so, that was that was tough to watch, and, and we can't have games like that where we're just, uh, you know, basically that compete level goes right down the tubes, and it was a, a very disappointing. What what was the breakdowns that you saw, Coach? You, you're watching it up close and watching it again now. What did you see in the third period? You know, we gave up a goal right off the bat. You know? So it's like we're 3-2. We're not in a bad spot. We give up a goal right off the bat, uh, you know, after uh, a shift that you could argue about. And then we, uh, you know, we're going into a little bit of a power play before we get it. They, you know, they score right away. Now it's 5-2 and we're we're behind it. And I thought uh, we, we really uh, lost let our foot off the gas and uh, it was one of those games that uh, would come back in a lot of games this year and you know we keep pushing ahead finding different ways uh, to keep ourselves in games and uh, but last night was one of the games that uh, hey we can honestly say that that was a uh, that can't happen again when, when guys get down do you, do you see do you see the head drop a little bit because i i always love through the years and i've said this to you before where coaches talk about yeah the effort's got to be there and, and i always see great effort when i'm watching you see it at a different level as a, as a successful coach but I I wonder once you're like, ah, oh, damn, now we're down two, and you drop your head a little bit, and do you see it? Is that when you see it a little bit? You know, you can you can sense it. I, I think that uh, whether it's body language, whether it's, you know, the way they go to a puck, the way they keep it, where they put it, how much they want it, and I think that that's, there's a lot of different ways of sensing, uh, you know, the pace of our team and, uh, and, and, and doing things the right way, and I you know, it was one of those games where uh, we haven't seen it before to that level. So yeah. it, was, it was disappointing. And, uh, you know, I think we're in the game and it was a hard-fought game coming off a hard-fought game against Columbus. Whether you're frustrated, uh, these are hard games now. We're going to have hard, hard games and every shift's going to be magnified. And uh, and we have to make sure that we bring even more intensity than we've ever had at this point of the season. And uh, that's what uh, playoff hockey's all about. And that's what it's going to take to make a playoff team or be a playoff team. So, you know, the little things like, the you know, how important it is to everybody uh, it can't change, uh, and it should uh, magnify as the game gets bigger and more important. That's when you want to be out there and do the right things. And, uh, so that was a disappointing part last night, and uh, you know, but uh, you know, it's the first time we've seen it to uh, to that extreme. And let's get back knowing that what it takes uh, from start to finish across the board, four lines. We're going to need everybody. They had it going last night. Give them some credit. Uh, we we coming off two teams that have played very well against us, and uh, you know, we got to find a way to persevere and find a way to get points in those type of games. Coach, this time of the season, every team's dealing with injuries or, or guys that are nicked up, whatever. Obviously, I can imagine all your media availability start off with, how's Barkov doing? So I'll do it here. How's Barkov doing? What's the status on him? <laughs> uh, he's doing better. He uh, skated yesterday, and uh, he's going to be skating here today. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're hopeful that he can go tomorrow night. We think he probably will be. So that's where he's at. And, uh, you know, we definitely know that uh, what he brings uh, when you're putting your lines back together really changes the complexion and the look of your team and uh, the valuable ice time that he does carry and, and, and bring uh, that consistency. That's what we need. And, uh, you know, we, we had a couple of games without him where we, we sustained points. Didn't like the way we played uh, for the most part, but uh, found a way to get points, which is key. And uh, But certainly uh, it changed the whole complexion of our team. Uh, Coach, uh, Bob, uh, last night allowed six goals. Uh, before that, he'd been really good in the last two games. Uh, 75 of 79 stops are Real high percentage. Sometimes when things aren't going well for a team, you're hoping you got a goalie to kind of keep you around. Uh, what, what what are your thoughts on uh, on Bob right now? 
Well, I, we've been really happy with him. I think he's coming off uh, going into last night's game. He's coming off arguably his best game of the year, and you know, got us a point. And it was it would have been nice to give him a goalie win that night, but right. it was we'll call it a goalie tie. And then uh, last night, you know, some nights they you know they go in. You know, we give up one uh, early in the third that uh, you know, and then this comparable one after that. So you know, it's those type of games that hey, I'm not blaming the goalie. Uh, we we didn't do a very good job in front of him. I thought we were very uh, you know accommodating in our own end and what we gave up. And I think that uh, hey, Ethan and everybody should take some responsibility in that game and, and not point the finger there. Well, I like this one because it seems like. Like about once a week, we have somebody get a friggin' hat trick, and you're going, Mark Pesic at a hat trick? Where the hell did that come from, Coach? My gosh, well, that was nice to see. Well, he's been playing very well for us, and I know that uh, converted defenseman up front, all of a sudden, you know, the thing that uh, you, you get rewarded for, he's a hard worker, he goes to the right areas, uh, keeps himself in the play above the puck, keeps his stick free, gets to the front of the net, scored some uh, scrappy goals around there, and, you know, he's quicker than you think, he's he got some speed, and, uh, you know, I think that defensive mentality when he's playing forward, he knows what uh, how you take advantage of uh, the other team's defense, um, but he, you know, puts himself in the and in the right spots, and uh, that's all we want to do across the board as a team. And I think that uh, there's a message there for a whole group of forwards that, uh, you know, keeping it simple sometimes is very effective. And, and uh, you know, you can get some goals by going to the right areas as well. All right, so you got up early, and you're, you're looking at the film and, and everything. You're going to make some changes for, for your game coming up or stay the same lines? Well, what, the, what, what are the, the thoughts? Change. Well, we're definitely uh, we're, the lines completely change. You know, if you get Barky back in right. lineup, so that's a. Uh, and then going into the break, uh, you know, we only had Barky for the a part of the Montreal game coming out of it. So I think that uh, we like the rotation of our lines at that at that point in time. And then uh, I think we've been, been trying different things over the course of the last three ton of success. But uh, we picked up uh, you know three out of six points. And now now we're looking at it. Now we got to get uh, some consistency again. And I think that uh, would probably if everything's status quo the way it uh, looks like it could be going into tomorrow's game, we'd go back to the lines uh, that we went into uh, the break with. Puck drops at the BBNT 7 p.m. on Saturday versus Pittsburgh, then a couple on the road, then yeah. back home. That's a big crowd. That. Pittsburgh right. weekend, big right. crowd. Players will be jacked up. The coach standing behind them will be jacked up right. tomorrow night. The guy talking to <laughs> us right now, I can tell. <laughs> coach Q, thanks as always for your time. We'll talk thanks, to you again coach. next week. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Coach Q, always a straight shooter. Glad he could join the Joe Rose Show. Remember, the Panthers are going to be playing tomorrow night at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Try to make it out there. Cheap, good fun for everyone. Got some more Joe Rose fun with Brian Geltziler talking basketball next on the Best of the Joe Show. Back at you on the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and the Joe Rose Show so nice, I'm playing it twice. Everyone seems to be talking about the trade deadline. Yesterday, NBA was kind of wacky, kind of crazy, and Miami was in the thick of things, so the Joe Rose Show caught up with... Basketball expert Brian Geltziler talking about that Eagle Dalla trade, what Dion Waiters is worth, the best trade deal of them all yesterday, the all-star extravaganza, Philly's options, and we got Jimmy. First of all, just here in South Florida, what did you think about the Heat getting Andre Iguodala? Well, I'll say this. I think I, we got to look at this Andre Iguodala thing in the proper context. 
I know that it's exciting to Heat fans, but I actually think that the Jay Crowder signing, maybe just uh, the Jay Crowder being part of that trade, may be just as impactful, if not more. And listen, don't get me wrong. Iguodala is a guy that that brings some championship experience and some championship swagger to this organization, and that's going to help, especially the young guys, a ton. But I also think it's fair to question how much does Andre Iguodala have left in the tank. And and you know you know he's as years have gone on, he's had trouble staying healthy in the playoffs. Now, in sitting out the amount of time that he sat out, can he come back and turn it right back up? Maybe, but, but again, being healthy and being on the floor is an issue for him. With that said, the other big thing with having Iguodala there is that, listen, the Heat in the summer of 2021 are going to go out and try to recruit free agents. And they've kept, you know, they kind of kept the powder dry in terms of money for that year to be able to do that. And Iguodala being a guy that can help them do that, he's done that successfully in the past, is I, I do think another factor here. I have to tip my cap to the Miami Heat front office and specifically Andy Ellisberg because what they've been able to do in getting out of bad contracts, the beautiful part about what they did yesterday is not only adding Iguodala and Jay Crowder, who are both going to help a ton, they got their two worst contracts off the books yesterday in Waiters and Johnson. And that was just a fantastic stroke of genius by Andy Ellisberg, Pat Riley in the front office. And listen, the heater trended in the right direction right now. Out of everybody in the East yesterday, they made the most significant moves. I don't know that it gets them to the level of the Milwaukee Bucks, but it certainly upgrades what they have, and it's going to be a pretty exciting season here going forward, and Miami's going to be a factor in the playoffs. Zach and I were talking about this because it looks like Memphis is not going to keep Deion Waiters. They pretty much said, we're uh, don't worry about coming here. If that's the case, does Deion Waiters have any value after, and he's a young guy still, after everything that's happened here in a Heat uniform? Joe, it's tough to tell. The value, no. Would somebody potentially take a flyer on him at a league minimum? Yes, because if you have the roster spot and you feel like you need a guy that can be a bench shooter for you, you give him a try without risk because you can send him home. Listen, the one thing the Heat couldn't do, and their big mistake was signing him to a four-year deal, because when Deion Waiters acts out, and he will always act out in one form or another, when you have him under contract at $13 million a year, you can't send him home. When you have him at a league minimum, you can rip the bandit off and say goodbye. So it's, you know, the risk levels become different depending upon the amount of money that you have invested. But I will tell you this, I think Deion Waiters' days of getting a long-term contract in the NBA have absolutely ended. Well, somebody may take a shot at him, but I also think Memphis is very smart here because, you know what, you do not need this guy in your program with your young players in terms of the kind of influence that he can be and, and the acting out and the bad behavior and some of the stuff that's gone on, even the lack of conditioning. None of this stuff, when you have a great program that's moving forward in Memphis where they continue to make smart decision after smart decision. You don't want waiters getting close to your young players. Right. I don't need them anywhere near John Morant or any of those guys. And no, at all. Don't. At all. Right. Uh, okay, so how about the one that got away that we've been talking about the last couple of days down here? Gallinari. I know that he was rumored to be in a trade from Oklahoma City to come down here. They're working on a two-year extension that might take them out of the possibility of the Greek freak race in two years at free agency, but it never happened. It didn't get done. He's still in Oklahoma City. Was that good or bad by the Heat trying not to get it done? You know, listen, I will tell you this. I think Gallinari would have been a needle mover for the Heat. If they were going to extend them, I would
wouldn't have worried so much about 2021. I think there's a whole lot. A lot of teams do that. They worry about holding cap space for these years, and you get four or five teams chasing one guy. You can only play for one team. Right. And, and so, in a, so in a situation like this, even the notion that Giannis might leave Milwaukee, I don't think he's likely to leave Milwaukee. Would you, if you were him? Look at how good it's going. So, I, if I, if, you know, and I think that Gallinari was that kind of needle mover for the Heat. I think he would have put them right in the category with Milwaukee. He is that good, guys. He is such a good player, and with the way the league is trended, with fours being more perimeter-oriented, he's an ideal four player. He's a good defensive player, underrated defensive player. Can shoot it, can put it on the floor, gets to the free-throw line a lot. He's a Miami type of player. The issue with Gallinari, and, and where, where I do give the Heat some credit for taking pause, is that staying on the floor has been a problem for him over the course of his career. He's a guy that's gotten hurt frequently. So you get him into his 30s and you sign him to a long extension, you carry risk that way. So I, I, I feel what Miami was saying. And listen, it very well could have been that the Heat looked at the situation and said, as good as Gallinari is, we don't know that he gets us to Milwaukee. I think he got, gets them close. Listen, Miami's a very tough team. They're going to be a brutal out for anybody they play in the playoffs. I, I might have taken a shot on Gallinari, but I understand why they didn't. All right, so who got the best of the D'Angelo Russell, Andrew Wiggins trade? Boy, I heard a lot of people bashing Golden State saying Andrew Wiggins, just not a, a lot of people not a big fan of him. I disagree. I think Golden State got the best of that trade, and I, I give you why, guys. First of all, think about this with D'Angelo Russell. So Golden State goes ahead and they, they, they do a sign and trade to bring him in for this season. And the thought being, the prevailing thought was we're going to give him a try with Steph and Clay and see if we can play a three-guard type of setup. Clay kind of switching over to the three um, and seeing if Russell fits there with Curry. They got a half a season with Russell, and he didn't play with Curry or Clay. And they decided it was time to move. Yeah, they didn't even they didn't even try to, to no. see if he fit in there. Okay, they they just so there was something with them and Russell that they needed them out quick. When you look at Andrew Wiggins, and as much as we like people like to talk about positionless basketball, let's be honest, guys, it's bullcrap. Okay, you got there are still positions on the floor, and Andrew Wiggins positionally fits very well on this team. He walks into a team starting next year where he doesn't have to do anything but take open shots when they're there, defend who he's asked to defend. There's no he doesn't have to carry a friend. Franchise. No one cares in Golden State that he was a number one overall pick. He can just go be a basketball player. And the thing for Wiggins is he's going to be an upgrade from Harrison Barnes in that spot. He's not going to be as good as Kevin Durant. But if he falls somewhere in the middle, that's going to be just fine for the Warriors. They'll do really well with him doing that. He doesn't have to guard the best defensive player on the other side. That's something Klay Thompson will be able to take. He, if the pressure is off him, and he is so ultra-talented. And if you look at what he's done this year, he's changed his game a lot this year and played much better. The problem is the team around him has absolutely stunk. So I, I, give Wiggins, I think Wiggins is just going to do wow. really well. Here's the other part of this, all right? Golden State now has a lottery. They're going to have their own lottery pick this year, all right, and what they call their gap. And it's it'll, it'll be a high one because they stink this year, all right. And then you look at next year, this pick they got is only top three protected. Right. Do you need to tell me this garbage Timberwolves team somehow next year is going <laughs> to find a way to make the playoffs? Okay? Listen, I don't know that they're going to be one of the three worst teams in the league. So the top three protected, the, the odds are the pick is going to fall somewhere between 4 and 13. And, and if it falls between 4 and 13, it's Golden State's again. So they bring in Andrew Wiggins, who fits better than Russell. And they're going to have lottery picks in consecutive years to be able to build this thing and keep 
keep going. I thought it was a brilliant trade for the Golden State Warriors. I give Bob Myers all the credit in the world. It was it was a visionary type of trade, and you have an ownership group that has no problem paying into the tax. So Wiggins' contract is not all that big a deal to them. I, I just think they made a great trade. And for Minnesota, I know they wanted to put Russell and Towns together. I know that they want to keep Towns happy so he doesn't ask out. And bringing Russell to him is a very big deal in, in terms of doing that. But this, this trade is fraught with risk, man. If you don't turn this thing around for next season and start to really get good, you gave up a very, very valuable asset to shed yourself from Wiggins' contract and keep Towns happy. Yeah, interesting with the Warriors because of the fact that this year is kind of the irony year of like, oh, every there's so many teams that could win, the two L.A. teams, Milwaukee, there's so many teams that could be in contention. And then all of a sudden we're going to look forward to next season when Steph comes back healthy, Clay comes back healthy, Wiggins, Draymond Green, a top three or five pick, and whoever else they could pick up with all the cap or whatever they're going to be able to do with the cap. And all of a sudden the Warriors are back to being probably the best team in the league one once again, just with a year off in between, it truly is amazing what Myers and Golden State has done. Keep in mind, no cap space with all the with with Curry at a max, Wiggins at a max, Clay at a max, and Draymond Green even at less than max. There's no cap space there. I mean, they'll be able to pick up guys with exceptions and league minimums, and they'll have a lottery pick there that's going to be able to help them add a very good young player that can contribute immediately. But cap wise, there's no space there. The interesting one yesterday, I, I actually felt sorry for him. I don't know if you did. And listen, they're all making a lot of money. But Andre Drummond really bummed out to find out he was going to the Cavs after putting up big double-double numbers again. What would you think of that? Well, hey, listen, ultimately, the thing with Andre Drummond and the fear that overcame the Detroit Pistons yesterday is that, first of all, you want to get something for the guy. and They didn't get very much for him, but you want to get something for the guy. But I don't think that's why they traded him. I think why they traded him was they were afraid he's going to opt in next year. And they want to rebuild this whole thing. And and they and if he opts in next year, they're tight on the cap again. And for a team that's tight on the cap where you don't know that Blake Griffin's going to be healthy here going forward, one of the worst contracts in the league right now. So they're going to be stuck with him. And they have to figure out a way to do a rebuild on the fly and being saddled with Griffin's contract. A Drummond opt-in just kicks that can down the road for one more year. And they didn't want that. And here's the thing. If you're going to do a rebuild, Drummond's going to help you win games. You don't want to win. So, you know, that's the other part of this. So listen, I, I don't really feel bad for him because again, he, he's Drummond has at times not played hard. At times, he's been a difficult guy. And when you turn around and teams go to trade, uh, look to trade for an Andre Drummond, those types of things haunt you. With a big salary and a guy that hasn't always, you know, busted it out there, that's going to be a problem. In the end, going to Cleveland and playing next to Kevin Love is not a bad scenario for Drummond. He's 26 years old. He's still young enough that he can grow with the young guards they have. Sexton and Winston and, uh, and and Darius Garland and Kevin Porter Jr. It's a young team that's building on the fly, and Drummond can help that team. He really can. And so, and so you know, listen, I don't feel bad for him. I think some of this is the bed that he made, and now he's lying in it. But in the end, it's, you know, Drummond opts into that deal. The Cavs are okay with it. The Pistons would not have been. What do you think about the All-Star draft and all the All-Star uh, changes that have been made uh, for the weekend between the game, the extended three-point contest with the shot out there, just about everything? I'm great with the changes that they made. You know what? It's funny. I was there in L.A. in 2018, and it was an incredibly competitive game, and it was so fun. And then last year, they went back to the other nonsense of guys not trying out there. And guys just, you know, treating it like, you know, they're almost killing time out there with 
threes and dunks, and, and there was no quality to the game. So if you, if you can try things to inject some competitiveness into the game, I'm all for it. I really am. I, I think that you know you have to do something here. It's a huge event for the NBA. It's a big money maker, and let's face it, revenues are down in a big way. The China stuff has really done financial damage to the NBA. It, it's so so you have to kind of juice this thing up a little bit, and so they're trying to. And and I think anything that you can try is absolutely a good thing regarding this All Star game. As far as the draft's concerned, it kind of played out a little bit weird. But I think LeBron took Giannis to the cleaners. I mean, he really did in terms of picking these teams. I, you know, I, I, I kind of look at these teams and it's like, oh my God, what was Giannis thinking? With that said, I do find it kind of ironic that they go to, you know, uh, 10 guys are voted in by the you know fans, media, um, and players. And it ends up when they pick the starters and pick the teams, it ends up true East-West which is wild, is that LeBron got all the West guys and Giannis got all the East guys. So it's, it's funny how it played out that way. With that said, I'm looking forward to the format. Let's see if it makes any changes and it gets guys to want to compete a little bit more. Listen, I think the players have to kind of be introspectively decide that they're going to take a little more pride in this thing for the good of the fans one way or the other. I think, that, I think part of the problem has been the players' attitude and the league's trying to juice it any way they can, but the players have to do their share too. Alright, so what's going to happen? We need a little drama. You and I, we haven't had any drama. Let's do some drama now. In Embiid and Simmons, how is this thing ever going to work out? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think, listen, I think what has really been um, a, a revealing is how well Ben Simmons played with Joel Embiid was on the shelf. And now that Embiid's back, it's a struggle for Simmons to be able to, to do what he want, what he was doing before. And Embiid, who's got a lot to say about not getting the ball that much. But listen, Joel Embiid, from the time he's come into the league, his conditioning has been a, an ongoing issue. And it continues to be an ongoing issue. And, you know, it, it, it hurts for him staying healthy. He was hurt for a while. He comes back. He's not in great shape. He, he's not, you know, it's, it's a struggle for him to play him back-to-back some nights. He's got some games that he just doesn't show up. And, and you can't, none of this, can, we can't lose the fact that Ben Simmons is playing out of position. And the Philadelphia 76ers went ahead and built a roster mm. with Ben Simmons playing out of position. He is not a point guard. He is a point forward. He's a secondary ball handler. And he's a guy that needs to play the majority of the time in the paint. That's his deal. And when he does, he's dominant. Not just good, dominant. So him and Embiid are now struggling to share some space. And, I, and this Al Horford signing was a disaster, an absolute disaster. And, and I will tell you this, guys. You know, Al Horford, you hear the term veteran leader attached to Al Horford all the time. It's the biggest misnomer out there. Last year, he was in Boston. Kyrie Irving blew up that locker room. Could Al Horford stabilize any of that? He didn't. He was a guy that just sat quiet and let it all happen. Well, Philadelphia this year, he's doing even worse than that. He's sulking because he doesn't like right. his role. So you got a 33-year-old player that you just signed at $27 million a year, and he's in year one of this contract, who is sulking, putting, not putting up any kind of numbers whatsoever, not providing veteran leadership, and for the second straight year, a young locker room's blowing up around them. It's, the Philadelphia situation's bad, and the unfortunate part about it is that I think come this summer, a wonderful coach and a wonderful guy, and a guy I have the utmost admiration for because he put a silk head on a pig for three years in a horrible situation <laughs> in Philadelphia. All right, and Brett Brown is probably going to lose his job over it, and it's really not his fault. But I will tell you this, Elton Brand as a GM is not a scared guy. He's pretty bold. It would not surprise me if Philly starts fielding offers on Joel 
Joel Embiid come this offseason. That was gonna, I think Simmons may be the guy it. they choose. That and, was exactly and, what I was going to ask you, Gelty. If you were the GM there or if you were in that office, who do you think would be the first one moved out of those two guys? You better not say Embiid. He was the first guy that got picked last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell you know was what? that? You know what, Joe? That, that, that and four bucks that you could buy a Starbucks store. <laughs> right, right. A small one. A small one. Right, right, right. Oh, you know what right, I mean? Right, a small yeah. one, exactly. Right, right. But, but you know something? Here's the thing about Embiid. And if I owned a team, this would bother me. As good as he is, this is a guy that appears a whole lot more interested in being an A-list celebrity than being a star player in the NBA. And Joel Embiid walks around like he accomplished something. And I'm going to tell you guys something that's going to tickle you both pink. But here's the reality of this situation. They grossly underestimated what they had with Jimmy Butler. Listen, Jimmy Butler made people very uncomfortable in Minnesota. They would have kept him in Minnesota. Tom Thibodeau wanted to keep him. In the end, he had no choice. They moved him to Philly. And Philly last year wouldn't offer him a four-year max year max deal in the summer. They didn't. They were not keen on keeping Jimmy Butler and chose Tobias Harris instead. And that was that's been a decision that has been damaging in a lot of ways because Embiid and Simmons needed a Jimmy Butler with them. He was going to make them both so much better because he was going to hold them accountable and be a guy that took big shots at the end of the game that these young guys didn't necessarily have to take. And I'm not sure either of those guys wants to be that centerpiece. And as good as Tobias Harris is, and he's a good player, Tobias Harris, he's not that out the dog and that's what philadelphia is missing and they decided to not threaten if they threw a contract to jimmy butler he probably would have stayed there okay but they decided not to offer the four-year max to jimmy butler they sign and trade him to miami and look at where miami is right now and look at philly flounder yeah. we got our dog we, we got, got the got culture down yeah. here we got the culture down here brian that's what it's you all got about your alpha dog we, we got our alpha it's great they look we're, we're in philadelphia they didn't like that he made people uncomfortable in miami they're very happy that he makes people uncomfortable that's right and look yeah. at what these young guys have done who have said you know what if he if, if this is what it requires to do the work and this is the work we need to do with jimmy butler for him to respect us we're willing to do it so where guys like Embiid and simmons hey they weren't didn't love that jimmy butler put pressure on him guys like hero and robinson and none they're all in on having pressure put on them and they want to be the best that they can be these are hungrier players that respond much better to jimmy butler's leadership and you know what listen I, this they made it they sixers made the problem about jimmy butler the reality was what they found out. It wasn't a Jimmy Butler problem. It was an Embiid and Simmons problem. Guilty. Thank you as always. We'll Brian, you thank soon. you, buddy. Really appreciate it. Always my pleasure, guys. We'll do it again soon. Take care. Jimmy Butler and the culture making it happen. Hopefully that culture can ride into the playoffs and go real, real deep. Speaking of going deep, Dan Levitar and the guys get deep into whether or not steak is overrated. Next on the Best of the Joe Show. The best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and you can hear Dan Lebitard weekdays from 10 to 1 right here on 560 The Joe. Earlier today, they were talking steak. Mm, I could go for a filet mignon right now. No petite filet. I need the whole filet. Some people disagree with me, though. Yeah, yeah. Plus, they open up the club. Uh, Kevin Nagandi <laughs> with us here. Uh, who do you know that, that still has what, AOL? Wait, wait, it was actually a Jay Z lyric. I, I remember. Your I, I've got an I've got an AOL account, and you guys are making me feel very good about myself. <laughs> I have not changed it. I refuse to go to a Gmail account despite being Indian, and despite all my cousins telling me to change. No, 
AOL for life. Are you a steak eater? Uh, do you look like a steak eater? What do we? Where do we come down on the Gandhi? Do we feel we're like torn? We're torn. Uh, we, we're torn. So yeah. answer the question: Is steak overrated? Uh, being from Philadelphia, you know, I'm not going to say it's overrated, but I got to tell you, I haven't had a steak in a while. I stopped eating red meat, so I'm a chicken eater right now. Chicken and fish. So I'm not. I'm not Randy Scott pescatarian, but chicken and fish. But when I had steak, when I had steak, I want to tell you, Ariel Helwani's a monster. Who uses yes. Hunt's ketchup? It's uh, disgusting. No, it's you go disgusting. with the Heinz ketchup. Oh, get out of here. Oh, no. Get out of no. here, Nagandi. Wow, what disgusting. is the matter with both of you? <laughs> Do you eat it well but done, ketchup, too? Uh, first off, Hunt's? No, 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 no. Nothing well done. That, that's that's idiot, idiot stuff. Mm. I'm telling you, no one uses Hunt's ketchup ever. You're right about that. If you have, you're right. If you have to use ketchup, it has to be Heinz over Hunt's. You are right He's about that. He's a Pennsylvania that. guy. Yeah. They're always going to yep. land on Heinz. Yep. Yeah, Hunts, Hunts is garbage. It's Heinz. By the way, thank you for spelling my name the right way, too. I- <laughs> Did we not spell it correctly on television? Uh, thank you for I being... I know it has happened a couple times here at the network in my 13 years, so you never know. Sometimes it's hit mm. or miss. All right. Thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for being on with us, Kevin, and allowing us to waste your time. I got a uh, a full text uh, from Reese Davis with a full breakdown. Love steak, but always order the filet. When you get lured into other cuts, you risk disappointment. Uh, thank you for that wisdom, as always, from, uh, from your meeting. He's in a production meeting for next year's championship game right now. That's how ESPN does that. Uh, and now we bring in the authority of all authorities who will answer the question in the only way that that it can be answered. I think we can all agree around here that the universal symbol for looking like you enjoy a good steak is Greg Cody's brother, Uncle Dick Cody. <laughs> so he joins us now on ESPN Radio. Uncle Dick, can you please tell us the correct way to uh, eat a steak and how wonderful steaks are and how embarrassed you are by Chris Cody saying that the steak is overrated? I don't think the steak is overrated. I actually enjoy a properly seasoned and properly cooked ribeye. And uh, I like a little lobster tail on the side, and that's all I want in my plate, both heavily drenched in butter. Uh, exactly as we thought it was. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, perfectly done, Uncle Dick Cody. <laughs> if you care for efficiency to replace Billy Gill, there might be a job opening there soon. He sounds so much better than my dad, and he's nine years older. I was going to say replace Greg. <laughs> I know. Greg's on a disco cruise next week. Can we bring in Dick? What? I just want to bring, bring in Uncle Dick oh, Cody. Please. He's going to have a Cody on a Tuesday. He's going to. Your suit. All right. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Thank you better. for being on with better. us, Uncle Dick. Uh, Greg Cody is going to be on a. Uh, he's going on a disco cruise. Yeah, which I mean, we were trying to get Jerome Bettis for him, so I appreciate the note. But the first I heard of it was over a text uh, two days ago. Hey, I'm not going to be available. I'm going on a disco cruise. You should go on a doctor cruise. I'm telling you, we recorded something with Hank Azaria. Uh, me, he sounds Chris, so bad. He my dad, so bad. The only text I got during one. One hour of recording, and it was hilarious, and we'll probably uh, air it next week, was a text I got from Stanzik to me, Cody sounds awful. (laughs) You can't go on a cruise. It's the disco cruises. It's the unlimited bar. It's the cigar smoking. It's all the awful. Uh, Billy, I was curious, what was it that you were uh, envying about Kyle Shanahan here recently? What were you doing in terms of envy? So they're doing this thing where they're talking to the losing coaches and players and all that stuff after. And he was talking about how, like, oh, you know, I don't check social media. I don't really know what people are saying. I envy that. Like, could you 
guys imagine not checking social media? Like, I realize that's part of, like, our job is we have to have social media and check it and also, like, to a certain extent, put stuff out there, right? I wish I didn't have to do any of that. Could you imagine how happy your life would be if you didn't check social media every day? I mean, it used to be like that back in the time of AOL. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the time when we were all using AOL, it was a happier time, I would say, where we weren't all addicted to social media in some form. And it's I, I would say that it's one of the few bad things about this job that we can be left behind so quickly that you're sort of forced to be addicted to social media. I've never been happier than when I get off of it. And and I'm not even kidding you where you could just get off it and not have any need to check in with the the thing of the moment. Where you get into trouble is when you start checking mentions and then you start going back at the people who have commented on it. If you use it just to create your own kind of journalistic, you know, your own newspaper, then I think it's no, very because, productive. No, because I would love for my mind to be tranquil enough to not have to need any information about anything, but you can't do these shows this way because you fall apart. You fall behind in five minutes now these days. Well, when we were on our holiday break between Christmas and New Year's, the day after Christmas, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to check social media till the first. I don't have to work, so I'm just going to take a break. I lasted about an hour, and I was just back on it. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm looking at my phone. I mean, I think I can't read enough about the way that this is an untreated addiction that humans have that is a plague across humanity where you can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere, Stu God's without everybody being in their phone. There's like there's almost nowhere you can go that people aren't in their phone. I'm currently fighting with Ariel Hawani on Twitter. Well, you should be. <laughs> What's worse, honestly, the well done or the ketchup? The ketchup. The ketchup. Oh, the ketchup. What right. he said was well done, shocking. Pretty egregious. No, but he didn't just do well pretty done. Egregious. Mike, he didn't do just well done. He went to the extremes of well done. He said it's got to be totally charred. He likes the steak. Like when I'm finished cooking my steak, what I scrape off the grill is what Ariel Hawani <laughs> likes to eat. It's disgusting. And then in ketchup, like he's basically eating charcoal shards, isn't he? It's disgusting. With ketchup. We do not have time for all of the polls. We haven't had time for Stugatz's opinion that he's not quite sure yet on Zion. Zion was <laughs> 9 for 11 yesterday in 25 minutes, and Stugatz is still not buying on Zion in ways that are weird. That was two days ago. I'm a bit more sure today after last night's game. So I'm a bit more sure about it today. So if we get to the club, and we will in a moment, uh, before we do that, though, I want to just go through the polls here. We don't have time for all the polls, so just pick one from the last couple of days and update that at Levitard Show on Twitter. Does Steve Levy have a locker at Capitol Grill? 92% of the audience said yes. Uh, did we come up with a conclusion to this? Because we had a whole bunch of people call in, and the original starting point on the conversation was who in the history of ESPN looks most like they enjoy a good steak? Have we knocked off Chris Berman? I don't think we have, no. I we, think it's Boomer. I think we were just sent reeling by a variety of facts during the course of this investigation. One, I mean, come on, Schefter's not a steak eater? That's a bit of a surprise, is it not? Crazy. And then Helwani, that, that, I, I don't even know what to do with that. I've lost respect for Ariel Helwani, is mm-hmm. all I can tell you. All right. Bill Parcells. Oh, wow. Oh, history of the company. Bill Parcells probably enjoys a good steak. Tuna. No, a good steak, I feel like, is what he would enjoy more than anything. I don't think of him as like a tuna guy. Big tuna. No, not big tuna, not small tuna. Big steak. 
is what it is that he likes. At Levitard Show is how you vote on Twitter. What happened? Gamero, it's your Who's fault. That? Who's on first? It, I know. I know. We were trying to do it, but it didn't work. It didn't work because he just went to his one note and didn't give me anything but tuna and then big tuna. Like he, Dan Patrick looks like he enjoys a good steak. Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. History of the company. What do you What do you guys want? I'm on vacation. <laughs> we want to know if steak is overrated. No, it's not overrated. That's it? <laughs> okay. It's Craigie's on vacation. He's Craig, alone. He's on vacation. Does Steve Levy look like he has yeah. his portrait hanging up on the wall at Smith & Walensky? Yes. Yeah. I, I have a, a great client partnership with Traeger Grills. That's what they do. They cook meat. They cook steak. <laughs> That's what I love. Okay. They do. What is wrong with you guys? All right, thank you. We appreciate. Yes, we appreciate. That's a strong yes from Dan Patrick on vacation. Stop bothering me. <laughs> See you later. Nice blog, by the way. <laughs> he came on our show and did a live read. Neil Everett looks like he enjoys a good oh, yeah. steak. Neil Everett, uh, tell us uh, all of your thoughts on steak and Chris Cody's assessment that the steak is overrated. Is the 40-burger overrated? I mean, is the steak overrated? Come on. No no chance. Give me a buffalo ribeye, and I'm surrounded by vegans. Oh, no, the steak is not overrated. Ratings are overrated. He sounds not overrated. He sounds, he sounds like he enjoys a good steak, right? That oh, voice, yeah. those yes. pipes. Uh, and you are in Los Angeles. You're surrounded by vegan. Oh, God. Give me a vegan steak now. That's the new thing, which is, you know, it makes no sense. It, along with this segment, probably. Right. But no. Right. Yeah. Okay. Steak, not overrated. All right. More steak for you, though. That vegan steak. Open up the club. Thank you, Neil Everett. We appreciate it. Open up the club. Send us into the weekend. We really did bother Dan Patrick. First How about se- Joe Buck, huh? Just at the aquarium on a Friday. That's fun. <laughs> One and a half year old twin. Uh, that does not sound like fun. First sound in the club, Mike Ryan. You know who plays handball? The people who couldn't make it in soccer, couldn't make it in football, wow. couldn't make it in basketball. Dominique Foxworth showing off his American ignorance for all to see. Who else in the club? We fight it for our right to Lombardi, baby. He might never leave the club. <laughs> hey, how we doing over there, baby? I'm about to party. How about that? About to? Seems like he spent the last seven years doing that. Seems like the only thing that has interrupted Travis Kelsey's party is getting hit on Sundays. Who else? Party! How about that? Who else in the club? Larry Fitzgerald, he has a perfect ass, Anquan. <laughs> what? That is Stugatz asking Anquan Bolden about the perfect ass of Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> you are so gross. I had to ask him. Who else is in the club? From Barry McC. <laughs> Where's the rest no, of it? That can't be insane. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. We can't have enough fun with that. We have to play that more. Yeah, you just fell for something. Good call, Mike. Ah! Who else in the club? <laughs> <laughs> Who else we got in the club? My guess is if he was using it, the Ricketts family had an inkling oh, okay. that that was going on in their own clubhouse. Ricketts didn't make money off Sammy Sosa. He won the bid in 2009. This was post-Sammy Sosa. Well, that ruins my argument. <laughs> so good. Is it a 50-50 thing, or is it Dan Leberfeld with Stugart? Beautiful. Dan Lebetard show. You know what's also beautiful? Hawk and Crowder. 
Haven't featured him on the show, but I will right now. It is the week that was with those Hawkman highlights and Crowder crowd pleasers that you love so much right now. Highlights. Highlights. Crowder crowd, crowd pleasers. Crowd pleasers. Bienvenidos al Hockey Crowder Show. Brought to you in Miami. Hi. You know, there wasn't uh, wasn't anything for me to sweep up again, so things are going well. Oh, they're going well, uh, Jimmy? Your ass is fired. They just fired Jimmy. They fired Jimmy. You just fired Jimmy. You know what that's going to happen? Next, he's going to become a drug addict. And he's going to rob you. Yep, yep. Thank you, Solana. Way to go, asthma. Asthma. There's a highlight. Finally, Olive Garden is offering a breadstick bouquet for Valentine's Day. Yeah, that is fire. Everyone should get in on that. That's something that every lady would uh, would like. Where do you get to? To take home? Where do you get one of those? Olive Garden. That's the highlight of my day. Whoa! Ball! Ball! ball. Any matzo <laughs> ball is better than no balls. <laughs> Uh, I don't think people really know what cleavage is. People don't know. They have no idea what cleavage is. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Cleavage, when you hear this from me, there's cleavage. (laughs) Yes. There's butt cleavage if you hear. I think I saw ovary. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you don't need a pap smear this uh, this year. (laughs) What would happen to you if you showed up at your church and wanted to go sit in a pew on a horse? The Reverend was slapping me. Oh, goodness. But that's like me saying that I'm selling alcohol but never advertising that there's actual alcohol in it. It's just uh, a virgin beer. What? That that explanation. What was what are you what are you talking he's, about? He's shook about these movies. I, I I mean, do you have Dane Bramage? Highlight. So there's a perk to the job as well. You're trying to take it from him. And he can shoot at the girls leaving. Shoot at the girls leaving. You know the let out is sometimes better than the party. The let out. I heard my man about the let out. Yeah. Woo. Good man. When I heard the word trolley, Dan, you had me on anything tell you, you what, said. If you're ever going to be chivalrous, do it on a trolley. <laughs> it just makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> Old Too Tight Pants over here uh, has your headlines. I could get a Vagisil sponsorship. I mean, honestly, you have to be working on some sort of yeast infection or something. It's got to be moist. Moist. <laughs> hey, Tanny, what's up? This is Marcos. <laughs> What's going on, on bro? Yeah, man. What's up? I didn't know this was you. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. We go. I think I'm going out there this weekend, bro. All right. <laughs> I'll let you. Later. That was awkward. When Shakira and J Lo were right next to each Whoa. other, that was first half and second half in my mind. Oh, you, you ain't lying. I needed a camel. Oh. They fired Jimmy. You just fired Jimmy. I'm, I'm pleased. Olive Garden. Always love to hear the week that was with Hawk and Crowder. Nobody has more fun than us. Weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe. And you can relive all that fun by downloading the podcast for this show or any of the shows that you hear on this radio station by going to our website, wqam.com. You can also download the podcast wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free or get the radio.com app on your phone for free and get the podcast there. I am getting out of here laying low this weekend i don't know why i think i got a lot of things to do other than that i'd be partying it up but don't worry i'm still gonna find some time to have fun and you know maybe slide in on a wednesday have some fun on a wednesday night you know 
enough about my personal life. I hope you have a very fun weekend, and I'll be back Monday, 6 o'clock, with the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com. 